Hey, welcome to the Spark. Listen to a little Charles Johnson and the Revivers. Yeah. I want to encourage you today to keep going on. Don't give up. There is a God in heaven, and he is living in your soul. He has filled you with the Holy Spirit, giving you power. Listen to the spark. I hope that the fire of God will ignite in your soul fresh fire to full fire as the Holy Spirit begins to flow. In this edition of The Spark, I want to speak to you about a subject I've entitled About That Rod. It's based out of Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And it says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in your hand? And Moses said, A rod. That was the rod of Moses. He gave it to God. And God changed it that day. And when God commanded Moses to pick it back up. I want you to tell something. That rod was different from that day on. When he came to God, he took what we have and he changes it. He, he comes to live within us, to put the Holy Spirit within us. And then he tells us to pick up our lives and to keep going. And from that day on, we are changed. In Exodus 4 and 5, it says this, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob hath appeared unto you. Yeah. Why? Because you have the rod. That rod to us is the Holy Spirit. That rod became a marker, a signet of the presence of God in the life of Moses. It was the extension of God's power in Moses' life. Moses used it repeatedly to signal the plagues and upon Egypt and to bring about God's will in the release of the children of Israel. That rod was powerful. Why? Because it was no longer the rod of Moses, but it was the rod of God that Moses now possessed. Now Moses was leading the children out of bondage. Pharaoh had let them go after the, the plagues, and, 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 but then he changed his mind. And, and you know the story. Moses was leading three to four million people across the desert. There were mountains on the left and on the right. The most powerful army in the world was behind them and the Red Sea was right in front of them. I'm gonna tell you something in the, in the natural, that situation couldn't have been any worse. A bunch of ragtag slaves caught right in the middle between a rock and a hard place they were grumbling and complaining. The Israelites were, were, were wanting to go back. The Egyptians were coming to kill or enslave them, and there was no place to run. Well, I'm going to tell you, if there was ever a time when it would seem to be justified to cry out to God, don't you think that was it? Don't you think that would be the time that you could fall on your knees and say, God, save me? God, do something for me? Most of us would do exactly what Moses did in that case. As a matter of fact, most of us have done exactly what Moses did. We don't know how long Moses prayed in that instance, but we do know God's response. Today, I want to show you one of the things that hinders 
our lives for God. First, I want you to notice what Moses said to Israel. In Exodus chapter 14, this is where this story takes place. Verse 13, it says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Wow, doesn't that sound a, a lot like a, a, our prayers, a, a lot like some of the preaching that you hear today? Hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. But you know, I found it interesting as I read this, the response of God to Moses. Read the next verse, verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Why are you crying unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward, but lift you up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. God didn't even say, hey, you stretch out your hand and I will divide the sea. He said, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. It was not an act for God to perform. It was an act for Moses to believe for. The responsibility was not with God. It was with Moses. Are you listening to me, church? A weak faith is ever inclined to whine in prayer while God waits for the believer, the child of God, the son of God to command the sea to part. Prayer oftentimes becomes the refuge that we hide from the actions of faith. Instead of honoring God's word by using his rod, the rod that God gave to us, we like Moses, we come down and we begin to pray and, and we begin to wait on God to move. Today, God commands us to stretch forth our hand, to exercise our rod of faith and divide the waters. Now stop for a moment. Think about God throwing the responsibility of making a passage through the Red Sea onto Moses. God wasn't going to take the responsibility. It was for Moses to rise up. It was for Moses to believe. It was for Moses to act upon his faith. He had seen that rod many times. He knew what God could do. God had given him a rod. It was the mark of God's presence with him. It was to be used by Moses to accomplish God's will. God's command was lift up your rod and stretch out your hand. There's a principle that we must learn here. The principle of acceptance of responsibility from God. Let's look at some of this in the New Testament. In Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. It says, and then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor scrip nor bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. But so whatsoever house you enter into, there abide and from there depart. And whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, 
shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Folks, when Moses stood before God, he was given a rod and a responsibility. When Moses stood before the Red Sea, he forgot the power that God had given him. Circumstances overpowered him and he started praying and that prayer was actually offensive to God. It was an abandonment of his God-given responsibility and power. You see, Jesus called the 12 like, he God, like God had called Moses. He gave them power and authority over all devils, over sickness and disease. That power was their rod. They were sent given responsibility to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now imagine, just imagine with me, the disciples come to the sick and they begin to pray and they cry out to Jesus. Oh, if only it's your will, please heal this person. Hey, Jesus, you need to come and heal this leper. Oh Lord, if only you would do this. That would be the same thing that Moses had done. Lord, if it's your will to make a way of escape, Lord, can you come and divide these waters? Lord, if only you would do this. Do you see? These are the same. And God is going to respond the same. Child of God, God has given you a measure of faith. It's for you to use a rod that God has given you. The Holy Spirit of God dwelling in man changing our nature and giving us power, power to heal the sick, power to cast out demons, power to break every chain. You see, there's a danger in false humility, hiding behind the Lord and excusing our lack of faith by throwing the responsibility onto Jesus, onto God. We are not being humble when we don't do what God has clearly told us to do. The disciples departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Over and over, Scripture tells us that they, the believers, laid hands on the sick and healed them. They had received something from God. They were as conscious of it as Moses was conscious of holding that rod in their hand. It was theirs to use. It was in their hands. It was theirs to extend over the water. When Peter stopped at the gate beautiful, he didn't pray and say, oh, if only Jesus's will would be to heal. He didn't ask God to even heal the man. He didn't say, if it's God's will, Peter simply commanded the lame man in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He had taken the rod of God and held it over that sea and commanded it to part. There is a time for intercession. There is a time for intercession to cease and for God's people to rise up, to raise the rod of God that God has given them to command devils to flee, to loose the chains of disease, to take authority over the demons of illness. It was the power of God that healed the lame man, flowing through Peter as he took action in faith. There is a place of victory and there is a place of defeat, but there is only a hair breadth of difference between them. 
Victory is the place of action. Victory is the place of faith. Victory is being conscious of the power within you, placed there by God himself. God himself. God in you. Glory to God. Victory is commanding, loosing, and binding. Victory is taking hold of the responsibility God has given us and raising our rod over the waters and commanding them to part. Listen to me what Samuel told Saul in 1 Samuel 10 and 6. He says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you shall prophesy with them, and you shall be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs are coming to you that you do as occasion serve you, for God is with you. Child of God, God has endued you with power to accomplish his will, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to cleanse the leopard, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. The power of God is bestowed upon you. It is not man that accomplishes the miracle. It is not man that saves the soul, but it is man that stretches forth his hand in faith, and it is man that raises the rod of God. God wants you to go about your business in the power of God's presence, to accomplish his will in his power. His will has been declared. It is clear. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Take authority over the enemy. Man is a servant. Man is an instrument. God is not sharing his glory with us. We are co-laborers with God, accomplishing his will. One more verse for you, Acts 10 and 3. It says, He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Your prayers and your alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. Did you catch that? An angel of the Lord was sent by God to Cornelius. But the angel did not share the gospel. The angel did not lay hands on Cornelius. The angel did not minister in the Holy Spirit. The angel told Cornelius to call for a man, Peter. He had to call for somebody who had a rod. He had to call for somebody full of the Holy Ghost, filled with faith, a man who was using his rod. May God give us a conscious realization of what God has given us. May we stop operating in false humility and may we move from intercession to commandment. May we understand the words of David, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him for you have made him a little lower than the angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the work of your hands and you have put all things under his feet. Child of God, today I ask you, if you have been filled with the spirit of the living God, it is time to move on. It is time to rise up. It is time to lift your rod and to begin to speak, to speak the will of God into a world that is blind and hurting, a world that needs you today. I don't know about you, but I'm going on with Jesus just the same. 
I'm going on. Come on, church. It's time to lift up your rod. Stop whining to God. Stop whining about where you are. Rise up and in the power of the Holy Spirit, begin to command the demons to flee. Begin to take authority over the sickness. Oh, church, lift up your rod. Lift up your rod, the rod of the Holy Spirit that lives in you and work the miracles of God. I don't know about you, but I'm going on.